Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. And my wife hates this series, but I'm like, babe, you're the only illustration I got. Praise God. So um, I, I want to let you know, if this is your first time here, we're glad that you're here. Um, we believe church can be life-changing and fun at the same time. Um, and that's why we have kids running around in costumes and having fun. And um, here's what I believe today. I believe today's message can change your life and save your marriage. Um, it's that big of a deal. Um, this may be the most important message I share in this series. And as your pastor, I stand up here, and the reason um, it, it gets me a little emotional is because I want the best thing for you as your pastor. And so today, you can disagree, but hear me. Disagree, but lean into God's word and find out what God's word says. Because here's what I can tell you. Today's sermon, it's not magic. It's not magic. The word of God isn't magic. It's not gonna fix you by hearing it. Right, it, the, the Bible doesn't fix you by just knowing the Bible. What actually changes you is by applying the word of God to your life and your situation and to your relationships and to your life. And so today, I'm not preaching my opinion. Um, I'm really preaching scripture and we're gonna dive in and I wanna talk to you today about gas lines and grizzly bears. Gas lines and grizzly bears. Um, the first time I saw these, I was a kid. I was in third grade. I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I had a Murray bike sickle. I did not have a Huffy. We didn't have that money, right? All you rich people with your Huffies and Mongoose. I had a Murray that had a banana seat. You know what I'm talking about. Um, if you've seen Stranger Things, those bikes is what I rode. That is my childhood, right? And I remember like riding my bike. Oh, we just had to be home at nighttime, right? When the lights, when the when the street lights came on, you went home. And I remember riding around and I saw in a yard a bunch of flags sticking out, like in the yard. I was like free flags, right? Like I had no, had no idea that these like were doing something and I grabbed every single flag out of this yard and stuck it in my handlebars, right? So that when I was going, it was like, I'm going really fast, you know? Like it was like, I was like, ah! you know, I was the coolest kid for about one day until my dad came home. He's like, Justin, where'd you get those flags? And I'm like, from neighbor, they're free. And he's like, you dummy, you know, like, I didn't know till last week that they had actually marked something, right? Like I was like, free flags. Um, and these mark, these flags mark gas lines, they mark fiber optic cable, cable lines, you know, so that you don't dig in a place where you have no business digging, right? That you don't go somewhere, you don't go near somewhere where danger may occur or you might injure yourself or you might injure a Line. And can I tell you, today's sermon is going to be very much about this, about avoiding some areas in our life, setting some boundaries up, setting some guardrails up where you and I are like, man, that, that's a dangerous place to go and I need to make sure that I stay away from that area because boundaries are put in to keep us from danger, right? Boundaries and guardrails are established and we put those in our life so that we don't drift towards something we shouldn't. And our scripture today, our, our, the basis for all of today is found in Proverbs chapter 22, verse three, out of the New Century Version. It says this, the wise see danger ahead and avoid it. 
The YC danger, man, this is a, this is a dangerous place to go, right? There's danger up ahead, so I've got to, not just enough to see it, but I've got to take action to avoid it, but fools keep going and get into trouble. Fools don't correct their course, don't make mid-course corrections, don't put up guardrails, don't put up boundaries, and the result is they get themselves in to trouble. This verse is repeated in Proverbs chapter 27, 12. It's a big, big verse for us today. And you and I, no matter how long we've been married, no matter if you're single in this place, if you are dating in this place, if you're engaged, if you're newlywed, if you've been married over 25 years, hear me today, every single one of us in every aspect of our life, we've got to have boundaries. We've got to have guardrails. There's got to be some areas in our life that we see that are marked and God has marked certain areas of our life that we've got to stay away from or we will drift into danger. And so I want to give us three things today. And I've got a lot to get to. Three things today, three boundaries when it comes to this area that we've got to get into our life. The first one is this. Boundaries established by scriptures are empty of guilt and emotion and full of consistency and promise. Boundaries established by scripture, established by the Bible, established by the word of God are empty of guilt and emotion, right? A bad, a bad way for you to establish uh, uh, guardrails and boundaries is doing them when you feel bad, right? You should be basing it on something more than your guilt or the emotions. And when you start putting boundaries up that are established by scripture, it brings consistency and the promise and the fulfillment of God's word to your life. Today, I'm not talking about what Dr. Phil says that your boundaries should, should be. Well, how's that working out for you, right? Like, like that's not, that's not, we're not gonna Dr. Phil this, we're not gonna Dr. Oz or Oprah this, we're not going through the top 10 things that Google says are great boundaries for you and I to have. There's gotta be something that we are basing our life on that is more solid than what is popular and trendy. And what we as followers of Christ, if you are a follower of Christ, you base your life on is the Holy Spirit and the Bible, the word of God. In fact, the Bible says this in Galatians chapter five, verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let him guide, let him direct your life, especially in this arena of life. Second Timothy chapter three says, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught you know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scripture from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes from trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right, right? It corrects us when we're drifting into a dangerous place. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And this morning, the Holy Spirit in the scripture can't just be part of your life and they can't just have access to part of your life. 
It's got to have access to all of your life. This is an all or nothing deal, right? And so many times we want to compartmentalize where we let the Holy Spirit lead or what parts of the Bible we want to follow. And what has happened is we are starting to view the, the, the word of God, the Bible, more like a menu instead of a book of instructions. Like when we go to a restaurant after this service, a lot of you are gonna go to a restaurant and you're gonna pull up, especially if you go to Cheesecake Factory over here. They got a book, they don't have a menu, right? And there's like pages of appetizers, pages of entrees, pages of gross cheesecake. And like you get to pick what you want, right? Like it's like all these things and you pick what looks good. That's a menu, but here's what's happening in the American church. We are starting to pick what sounds good, what we like and what we don't like, we just put away. And here's what I would tell you. God's word isn't a menu for you to pick from, it's directions for you to follow. Right, there's a big difference. It's not a menu for you to pick what you choose and what sounds good and what you like, but it is a book of instructions, directions, and commandments that you and I have to follow. And when we establish boundaries that are biblical and the Holy Spirit is guiding all of our lives, can I tell you, it leads us to live life, especially in the area out, especially in the area of relationships out in a consistent way that is full of promise instead of regret. And when we get our boundaries in consistent in a consistent manner, it makes an amazing, amazing effect. It has an incredible effect on our life. So boundaries have to be a consistent part of your life and my life. When you go out into the uh, parking lot today and you decide to drive to lunch and you go into Cheesecake Factory and you're driving, I'm not getting paid by the, for this sermon by Cheesecake Factory, just so you know. It's not an NIL deal. Um, but you decide to go to lunch somewhere and you get in your car. Hopefully, you don't get in your car and say, you know what, I'm tired of just following all the traffic rules. I'm not gonna pay attention to any stop sign, any stoplight, because I'm just gonna do what I feel like doing, Right? You know you can't do that because there's gonna be destruction, there's gonna be damage. You're gonna get hurt, others are gonna get hurt. If people are in your car, they're gonna get hurt. Why? Because you are basing and you're going and driving and functioning how you feel instead of how you're commanded to do. And the same thing happens when we base our life on what is trendy, on what we think we can get away with, on what sounds good, on what feels good, instead of what the word of God says is actually good. And you know who gets hurt? You do. We become that person in the Proverbs where it says the wise see danger ahead and they take action to avoid it, but fools keep going and injure themselves. They get themselves into trouble and it's not just you today, married person, that gets yourself in trouble. Your spouse gets injured. Your kids get injured. Your parents and the in-laws and all your friends that gets injured. I tell you, as engaged couples and dating couples, when you don't put boundaries up, it doesn't just affect you. It affects your friends and the circle that you go around with. If you're single and you don't have boundaries up in your life of what you can do and what you can't do, I tell you, it doesn't just affect you, it affects your parents, it affects your friends. So we've gotta make sure that we are putting biblical standards and we are allowing the Holy Spirit to guide every aspect of our life because it brings significance and promise to our life if we live it out that way. Second thing is this, don't play in the dark but live in the light. Don't play in the dark but live in the light. John chapter three verse 16 through 21 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Those are three really power-packed verses that we just read. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. Right? Whenever you come into a relationship with Jesus, your actions are exposed instead of hidden. You, instead of hidden, you are living in the light so that it may be seen plainly that, they, that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Can I tell you, darkness is full of secrets and void of truth. And in your relationship, and this isn't just a relationship thing, this is if you are a follower of Christ, whether you are married or single or dating, can I tell you, your life should not be full of lies and secrets. Your life, your life shouldn't be full of addictions and things that you are hiding, but you should be exposing those things because what we hide, we protect, right? What we hide, we are protecting. We're trying to not let correction happen. But when we come to a relationship with Jesus Christ, everything's in the light, not just some of our life, every part of your life. So how you're conducting yourself in a car on Friday night with your boyfriend and your girlfriend comes into light, right? It's not that you're hiding it. It's my deeds have got to be lived in the light. And I can tell you this much. This is what I know. Life is way better lived in the light rather than hiding in the dark, there is way more peace living in the light. There was way less stress living in the light. But when you are hiding things and you are lying about things and you're trying to cover up things, you're stressed out. There's no peace to it. There's no hope to it. You're just hoping you don't get caught. Proverbs chapter six says, can a man scoop a flame into his lap and not have his clothes catch on fire? Can he walk on hot coals and not blister his feet? So it is with the man who sleeps with another man's wife. He who embraces her will not, go un, will not go unpunished. Excuses might be found for a thief who steals because he is starving. But if he is caught, he must pay back seven times what he stole, even if he has to sell everything in his house. But the man who commits adultery is an utter fool, for he destroys himself. And how do we keep this from becoming our reality? because none of us think we'll be this, right? I, I've done some crazy weddings. I've done a lot of weddings, but I've not heard any vow where a couple gets up and says, and I plan to cheat on you as much as I can in the next 10 years, right? I'm gonna sleep around, I'm gonna lie, I'm gonna cheat. I'm a, no, 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 none of us plan on doing that. And the Bible is saying this, that if this becomes your reality, you're a fool. Because it's not all these other things that are destroying you. You destroyed yourself. Why? Because we didn't put boundaries up. And I have discovered it's really difficult to have an affair and to engage in things you know you shouldn't if you refuse to keep secrets and refuse to tell lies. It's really hard to hide wrong if you refuse to hide it. So we understand this. We understand life's better in the light 
rather than the dark. So if that is the case, then you and I need to understand the reality of our situation. It doesn't mean that temptations aren't gonna be there. It doesn't mean that you aren't gonna be tempted. There aren't gonna be situations where you can't fall away, but temptations are inevitable, so being accessible and accountable is a necessity. Right, temptations are gonna happen. Temptations are inevitable. So being accessible, your life being accessible and having accountability to your life is a necessity. Proverbs 28, 13 says, people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Can What I know about you, what I know about me, what I know about every person on this planet is everybody needs accountability. No matter how smart you are, no matter how much you make, no matter how long you've been married, every single one of us here, every single one of us watching online, every one of us needs to be accountable and our life needs to be accessible to somebody and to someone. And some of us, like, we don't want our spouse to have account, to be accountable to our spouse or our life to be accessible to our spouse. Can I tell you, your spouse has an all-access pass. They got it all. Like, they got the VIP pass, right? Oh, I'm gonna go wherever I wanna go, right? First Corinthians chapter 10 says this, if you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. For all of us saying, well, I don't need boundaries. Our marriage is too great. Can I tell you that's a foolish way to live? Thinking that you're immune from temptation. You're not immune. Well, we've been married this long. I got it. I've been married over 25 years. You know who still has boundaries and guardrails up? This guy. Because I've seen it happen to too many people. So if you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Can we stop for just a second? I am so tired of people saying, well, I'm just a sex addict, so the temptation's different. Welcome to being a man. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Like, no, you're not. Your temptations, the Bible is saying this, your temptations in life are no different than what other people experience. So stop it. Stop it with the dumb excuses. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. That's a promise of the word. So here's the simple truth. All of us in this place are gonna need to be accountable our whole life, so why not start now? Teenagers, you're gonna need to be accountable your whole life, so why not start now? Right, college students, you're gonna need to be accountable your whole life, so why not start while you're single? Probably the most accountability we need right now, everybody take out your cell phones real quick. Turn them off, turn them off, or just quiet them. Can I tell you, grab your cell phone, hold it up, Come on, I know you got it. Come on, yeah, hold it up. Hold it, oh, every, hold your phones up. Come on, folks. Like five of us have cell phones all of a sudden. Oh, what's he gonna do? I'm not taking your phone. You need accountability in this area more than any other area of your life. You can put it down now. Right, if you are scared of your spouse looking at your phone, something's wrong. Well, I've got, I've got a lot of business on here. You don't work for the CIA. Stop it. <laughs> like, what are we doing? You're not a double agent. <laughs> 
If your wife, if your husband can't look at your phone, here's what I know. You're looking at something you shouldn't look at. You got photos you shouldn't have. You're texting somebody you shouldn't or something's going wrong. And you, be, you better be accountable to somebody when it comes to your phone. Because the number one way people are having affairs right now, you're holding in your hand. And we've got, we're giving ourselves ticking time bombs if we don't have, if people don't have accessibility to it and accountability to it. My wife can look at my phone anytime. I'm like, have a look. I look at the dumbest stuff in the world, right? Like, I'm laughing at people falling on videos all the time. Like, I'm just like, that's what I look at. And I think it's hilarious. And she's like, you're such a child, right? I'm like, I am, welcome. Why would I care if Casey sees what I'm looking at? The reason I would care is because I'm looking at something I don't know. Let me, let me, well, parents, we always say, well, I've got to look at my teenager's phones. For all you single parents, are you okay with your teenager looking at your phone? Because we're called to lead by example. When we do baby dedications down here, we're talking about it's our job as a parent to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. And you don't get to like exit out of that when you become a parent. Teenagers. Are you okay with your parents looking at your phone? You may, you're gonna have to explain Snapchat to them, I promise. They've explained it 10 times and I still don't understand. Because if not, why? Because you're looking at something. You're doing something you shouldn't. We're on Life360, it's an app that tracks where you go, right? So I can see how fast my kids are driving, they can see how fast I'm driving, they can see where I'm going, I can see where they're going. And I hear people say, well, I just don't want people to know where I'm going, why? I don't care if Casey sees where I'm going, right? The, the more accessibility she has to, to my life, can I men, can I tell you, the less questions I get. I'm done. I'm just telling you. Well, she asked so many questions. Well, let her know where you're at. Like, Casey's gonna be like, I, I thought about calling you, but I saw where you are and I saw that you're on your way home. Thank God, right? Like, I'm like, I've got a lot less questions of, hey, what are you doing? Because she can see where I'm at and she knows what I'm doing. Why, why, wouldn't I, why would I care if Casey sees where I'm at? The only reason I would care is because I'm doing something I shouldn't. And you and me and all of us in this place and all of us watching online, you've got to have accessibility and you've got to have accountability to someone or you are going to drift doing what you know you shouldn't. And as a result, you become the person in the latter part of that Proverbs that says, but a fool keeps going on and injures himself. Man, are you being accountable? Are you being accessible to someone? Are you, well, it's an invasion of my privacy. No, it's an invitation to accessibility. It's an invitation to accountability. It's a way smarter and better way for you and I to live. The last thing is this. Set boundaries and be proactive instead of waiting until you need them. Set boundaries and be proactive instead of waiting until you need them. If you wait to set boundaries until you need them, it's too late, right? If you go out to dig in your yard today and you're like, oh, I just hit a gas line, you blew everything up. I need some flags. <laughs> too late for these, right? You run off the road and there wasn't a guardrail. Somebody needs to put a guardrail right here, right? Too late, 
right? Don't wait till you need boundaries, but be proactive in setting them up for yourselves, right? Because it keeps you away from danger. A couple of, of scriptures that help us setting boundaries found in 1 Corinthians chapter six. It says, run from sexual sin. Run, baby, run. Get out of there, right? Be like Joseph. Get out of that place. Proverbs talks about this a lot too. It says, don't even go down the path of the adulterous woman's way. Don't even go near her house. Don't, don't do it. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Hebrews chapter 13, verse four says, marriage should be honored by all, and, marriage, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexual immoral. Here's what God's saying. Wait to have sex till you get married. It's not a popular mantra you hear in churches because a lot of us aren't waiting, but here's God's way. And here's the boundary, and here's the scriptures that you and I are called to set up in our life. Wait to have sex until you get married. I've never met a couple, never met a couple who waited to have sex until they met their husband or their wife and regret it. You know, I really wish I slept around on you, Casey, before I met you. Like, okay. but I've met plenty of other people who wish they would have waited, who are carrying in baggage, carrying in regret. And, and listen to me, if you have already had sex before your marriage, it's not too late. It's not too late to put some boundaries on. Some people that are doing that in your relationship, you hate this, me this message right now really, really bad. You're like, stop listening. But there's a better way. And he's doing this not to punish you, Right? He's, he's not putting these standards and these boundaries in to hurt you. He's putting these in to protect you. So let me give you a few things, a few tangible things, right? For those of you that are dating and those of you who are married, and I'm gonna run through these fast. To all who are single and dating, who you date matters. Who they are is huge and crucial and a big deal. And you aren't called to date good guys, you're called to, set, to date saved guys. You aren't called to date girls that look fine, you are called to date girls who are saved, right? Are they a follower of Christ? If not, do not pass go, do not collect $200. If she's giving you $200 to go on a date, something's off, right? Like. 2 Corinthians 6.14 talks about don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Can I tell you, some of you, you're waiting for that guy to get saved and you're like, then we're gonna get in a relationship. They're not ready. Wait. They're not on the same spiritual level you're at. Wait. Time is your friend, not your enemy. Second thing is this, physical boundaries. Don't wait to establish these till you need them. You better get these put in your relationship before you need them. Because here's what I know. We, are, all you that are dating, all of you, man, we got emotions, we got feelings, we got hormones going. And if we don't set physical boundaries up and we're not proactive about it, we're gonna cross them every time when we get caught up in the heat of the moment. When you meet somebody who loves Jesus and you love Jesus and you've decided you're gonna wait to get married, can I tell you, it is an awesome, awesome thing to wait, but it's really difficult. Let's talk some real talk here for just a second. 
Casey and I, I hear that alarm. You gotta give me a little bit more time. My time's still going. <laughs> Casey and I, man, we made it. But it was really difficult, right? We had some serious guardrails. And one of those was when I lived in an apartment, she could not come into my apartment by herself. Because if she did, I was gonna turn into a grizzly bear and I would maul her. I would be like, <laughs> right? Why, because I was attracted to her, she was attracted to me, right? She'd have to have like a bear spray, a bear wouldn't dare, right? Like it would be bad. There was some guard, there were some restrictions, there were some boundaries we put in so that we could make it all the way and it took work and it took both of us having boundaries, but can I tell you, it paid off. And I got no regret from us having boundaries, but I meet people all the time who regret not having boundaries not being proactive, and you can't wait till you need them. You can't wait to the heat of the moment. You better be proactive when it comes to your boundaries. The last thing is this, time. Healthy relationships and healthy dating lives still do life with others. Don't seclude yourself with just your boyfriend or girlfriend, but do life with others and maintain friendships. You need community. When we say we're better together, it's not just for old people. You need community. Don't isolate and remove yourself from that. And I hear people say, well, I just want to not, I don't want to share him. I don't want to share her, right? And you've been dating for two weeks. Run, baby, run. Get out of that. You guys need one another, and you also need other people. To married people, let me give you some boundaries. To all my married couples, restrict interaction with the opposite sex. I'm not saying you can't have interaction, right? It's so funny, after I say this and, and the sermon's done, people are like, hello. And like, they're just, like, you see somebody else's wife, you're like, hi, Nadia, bye. Um, can't talk, right? It's like, I'm not saying you can't have, like, friendships, but, but hear me. If you're married, your best friend can't be another woman, men. Mm-mm. Your best friend's your wife. Well, we've, been, we've known each other since high school. I don't care how long you've known each other. That season's come and gone, right? Men, same thing. You can't have a best friend that's a woman. And I understand the working environment is different than my working environment. I don't ride alone with a female. I don't eat dinner alone with a female unless it's my kids, my wife, my niece, or my sister, right? Like, I, I just don't do that because it puts me in a very vulnerable situation where if somebody comes in, they're asking questions, right? And you're putting yourself in a vulnerable situation. Some of you are like, but Justin, I've got work lunches, I've got this, I've got interaction at the office. That's fine, that's great, but let me say this. If it ain't about business, then you got no business talking, right? If it ain't about business, then you ain't got no business. Like, let's, oh, well, we're just talking. Are you okay with your wife? Are you okay with your husband looking at your chats that you are having with people from work? If not, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Second thing is this, lying is never an option. I think we've hit that, right? Honesty doesn't get you in trouble. You doing something you wanna lie about will. Honesty's key. Third thing is this, try to avoid temptation altogether. Don't see how much you can handle, see how far away you can get away from it. Way wiser way to live, right? You see a female checking you out at the gym, go to the other side of that gym. Telling you, I remember I was in a hot tub once, didn't share this in second service, and a girl got in with a, with a swimsuit that didn't have much clothes on, and I just walked out and said, nope, and I, just, I said it out loud. I was like, nope, I'm out, I'm out. 
uh-uh. Nope, not today, Satan, I'm out of here. And we'd say, well, you didn't do anything wrong. Would you be okay if your wife was in a hot tub with some man and he didn't have very many clothes on and he looked good? No, no, you wouldn't. Well, I was in here first, don't matter, get out of there first. Last thing is this, who you hang out with matters. As married couples, who you hang out with matters. If you're married, you don't have business going to Vegas with all your single girlfriends. Same thing with you guys. And just because they're married doesn't mean that's the person and the group you should be hanging out with. 1 Corinthians 15, says, don't be misled, bad company corrupts good character. It's huge, it's huge. I gotta be done, I gotta be done. So here's what I say, and I'm, I'm closing, I really am. Here's what I would tell you. This whole message, hear me, it's not magic. This whole message, it's not gonna do anything if you don't apply God's word. And nobody can put boundaries up for you but you. Here's what I've come to realize about my teenage daughters, my college-age daughter, my high school daughter. I can, I, can, I can suggest, I can really, really try but man, they're the ones that had to put boundaries up for themselves. Parents, that's hard. That's why our job isn't just to protect, but to prepare them. I, I, I can't put Casey, I can't put boundaries up for Casey, and Casey can't put boundaries up for me. We can talk about them as a couple, but we can agree about them as a couple, and we need to, but the only one who can put boundaries up for you is you. And hear me, as your pastor, I've walked way too many people through divorce this past year. I've walked way too many good friends through divorce this past year. So can this sermon save your marriage? Can it preserve your marriage? Not the sermon alone, but the word of God and the principles that he's put in, absolutely. The Holy Spirit guiding your life, absolutely. Proverbs 8 says this, and so my children, listen to me, for all who follow my ways are joyful. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. Joyful are those who listen to me, watching for me daily at my gates, waiting for me outside my home. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But those who miss me injure themselves. All who hate me Love death, and wisdom listens, and wisdom corrects, and wisdom sees danger ahead, and it takes action to avoid it. And the foolish thing for us to do is say, he's just being extreme. I may sound extreme. Uh, he's being old-fashioned, it may sound old-fashioned. Ah, uh, that's just not for me, ah. Uh. And here's what the Bible's saying. If you miss this today, you're injuring yourself. But if you will listen, if you will apply, if you will do things God's way, you're gonna find life. And you're gonna receive favor from the Lord. And I'm telling you, that is better every time. It is a better way for you to live your life. So don't miss this. Don't injure yourself because way too much is at stake to try to do it a different way. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. Lord, my prayer is today that we would not just be hearers, but we would be doers of your word. Lord, that means that from this message, we start applying principles. 
From this message, we start having conversations with our spouse. We start having conversations with our fiance. We start having conversations with the person that we're dating. We start putting boundaries and we start putting flags up for our life, even if we're single, because we realize way too much is at stake for us not to have boundaries. For us not to let you put some flags in Holy Spirit that are marking dangerous places and tendencies where we're gonna have temptations. It doesn't mean that we're weak and it doesn't mean that we're foolish, but it means this, that we're not leaning on our own understanding and we're not seeing what we can handle, but in all our ways, we're acknowledging you and you are marking our steps forward. You are directing our steps. So God, I pray that you would direct our steps in this area of our life and that as a result, we would find true life. It's in Jesus' wonderful name I pray. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.